Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. Last week, we started a series called Take Heart, and it comes from uh, where Jesus was talking with his disciples in John chapter 16, verse 33. And he said, in this world, you'll have trouble. (laughs) I don't like that. (laughs) I wish he said it was all going to be okay because you're following me. But he said, in this world, you'll have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. And and I gave you these three points. He said, uh, you know, just out of that, that he said, you're going to have trouble. And that word's really literally pressure. If you're in the world, you're going to have pressure. I know right now we're under some pressure. And Jesus said, you're going to have it. But he said, but I've overcome the world. Don't worry about it. You're with me. If God be for me, who's, who can be against me? So take heart. Take heart. If I were going to hand you something like a $10 bill or something. And I said, take it. And you said, oh no, no, take it. Here it is. Take it. You have to take it. Right. And Jesus said, here's peace. Here's heart. Here's courage. Here's hope. Don't just sit there hopeless. Take it, grab onto it. And that's what this series is about. We're going to talk two or three weeks, maybe three weeks about this. Take heart And I believe the Lord's saying this to you. He's saying this to us individually, not to be discouraged, but to take heart, take peace, take hope, watch God do something in our lives. And today I want to talk about something. And uh, the title today is just why hard times, why hard times. I don't understand hard times. I don't hope for hard times. I don't like hard times. I don't even like to admit they're hard times sometimes. I like to say, well, they're not really hard. You know, they're really just challenges that can be. No, they're difficult times that we live in. Jesus said we're going to face them. Struggles, battles, um, tests, trials. I know that (laughs) I remember as we were raising our kids and they'd get into trouble and I, you know, we'd have to discipline them. And I'd say, hey, come over here. And after, you know, a few times them not listening, we'd have to discipline them. And I'd say, I'm going to have to give you a swat or spank. And then I'd pull out the saying that my parents told me. And I'd say, you know, this is going to hurt me a whole lot more than it's going to hurt you. And as I said it, I thought, no, it's not. It's about to really hurt them. But it did hurt me because I didn't want to spank them or I didn't want to give them a swat. Uh, because I knew they were going to cry and it was going to injure them. But I knew that they needed that because the Bible says a child left to himself brings his mother shame. And so they needed that. They needed that confrontation, so to speak. They needed that challenge. They needed that test. And can I tell you, though we don't welcome tests in our lives, and though I don't believe God puts all those things on us, he certainly does use these things in our lives. I don't understand it all. And I don't think anybody really understands it all, but I can tell you, I want to show you something out of the word here about uh, challenge, about tests and trials. And I believe it's really going to be an encouragement to you. Jesus, when he started his whole ministry, he was about 30 years old and he went to go get baptized. 
And the Bible says that he uh, was baptized with a baptism of repentance. And not that he had to repent from sins because he was a sinner, but it was a turning. Something was, it was like he came up to an intersection and there was a turning in his life. So he came and he went up to John the Baptist to be baptized. And John the Baptist said, what do I have? How can I baptize you? You don't need to be baptized. He said, permit it to be so. I need to be baptized. So he came and he was baptized, as you know, and the Holy Spirit came upon him and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And the father spoke, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. So we know that Jesus was baptized in water. He was baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then it says that Jesus was led by the Spirit But he wasn't led by the Spirit to go be the king and reign. He was led by the Spirit in the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And you think, what a heck of a way to start a ministry is I'm going to go start by, by going into the wilderness by myself and to be tempted by the devil. I don't think anyone would want to. In fact, some people would say, that's not the Lord's leading. I'm not going to go do that. But he went in and he fasted for 40 days and he fasted for 40 nights, as we know. And there was three temptations that the devil uh, tempted him with. But this very, temp- this very first temptation he tempted him with was this. He, he got hungry after you know 40 days, he got hungry. And he said, hey, look at that stone. You know you're hungry when you're looking at a stone. And, and he says, turn that stone into bread. And he began to think about it for a minute. Oh man, kind of looks like a loaf of bread, right? And Jesus allowed the word of God to come out of his mouth. And he said, and he quoted from the book of Deuteronomy chapter eight. And he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Okay. This is when Jesus was going through a temptation. Now, what I want to go to is we just read this last week in our daily reading. We read our Bibles every day. And we have a reading plan. If you go to memphistabernacle.com and click on resources and come to the reading plan, we read our Bibles as a church and we go through the whole Bible every year together. And so in the Old Testament, we were reading in Deuteronomy chapter eight and we, we read this and it really caught me. And I knew it was something that the Lord was saying to us as a church, to me individually, but to us as a church. And I want to share this today. It's where Jesus quoted from this particular passage. But I want to read a few more verses on this. Remember, it was from the setting was the children of Israel. It's Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2. It starts with, but the children of Israel, uh, they had just got delivered from slavery. And uh, they were were on what was really about an 11-day journey from uh, the deliverance into a promised land called Canaan. Sometimes, you know, you're delivered from something, but God doesn't just want to deliver you from sin and hopelessness. He wants to deliver you to something. Jesus said, I've come that they may have life and have it to the full. So it was really only an 11-day journey that they, they should have taken, but they took 40 years of testing and trials in the wilderness. I mean, we're going through stuff, and it's been, someone told me the other day, it's been almost, it's been about five weeks. Can you believe it? Can you, these guys went through things for 40 years. I mean, what a crazy thing for 40 years. But the Bible gives some understanding with it. And I want us to catch this today. He says, you shall remember that, that the Lord, your God in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse two, and you shall remember that the Lord, your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and to test you, 
to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. Now, I want to point out a couple of things about this because I'm going to read several verses. First of all, he says over and over, there's an overlying or an underlying statement here, and that's you shall remember. Whenever there's testing, there's something that's important for us to keep in our minds. Because the only thing sometimes that can get in our minds is, when is this over? How, How am I going to get through this? No, you shall remember. In other words, bring into your remembrance, keep uh, recycling something in your mind that's important to. He said that it was the Lord who led you through. God is leading us. He may not have been the one who sent this, but he is leading us through. He was leading them for 40 years through the wilderness. And he, notice he says, to humble you and to test you. See, uh, we forget, sometimes we forget why we're going through some things and sometimes we, we, he says, you shall remember. We don't remember things because we don't know why it's important to remember things in our lives. But it's important for us to remember during this time. Uh, it was a couple of weeks ago, I was showing one of my sons how to pressure wash a sidewalk. And so we took the pressure washer and we started it up, you know, and has a, it's a gas engine, sort of like a lawnmower. And we started it up and it has a big sticker on the side that says, uh, hot, do not touch. And so as we started it up, you know, I said, Hey, you know that make sure you don't touch it because it's hot. (laughs) Right. But you wouldn't know that if you didn't, you know, ever do that before. It's one of those things that you do once. So, uh, we went out and I ran, we ran some errands. And when we did, I got a message on the phone. Oh no. He went to go start the thing, the thing he had, he had turned it off and had to uh, do something and came back to go start it again. But he put his hand on that engine and what happened? Oh, his hand burned and it bubbled up. And, uh, and Tiffany kind of said, what are you doing letting him, you know, uh, use this, start up this thing? And I said, well, he's got to learn. I mean, he didn't, nothing fell off. His hands are all still there. Everything works. But he burned his hand pretty bad. Well, why didn't he remember? I told him. Why didn't he remember? Because he didn't realize how important it was. He didn't understand the lesson and he didn't understand how important. But I can tell you next time that he goes to start that baby up, he'll look and say, hey, it says hot. And hey, hey, it says he'll let other people know it says hot. Do you know when you're going through something, you may not remember but you'll always remember back on these times. And it's really important to know that God is trying to show us something. Why does God uh, bring us through? Why does God lead us, should I say, through hard times? He led Jesus into the wilderness. Number one is this, to humble you. (laughs) We don't like that, to humble you. Why does he lead us into hard times? To humble you. Uh, so you don't have something else that you're depending on, so that you don't have yourself that you're depending on. Um, I remember my mom used to say, you're too big for your britches, right? Not just because I was big, but because she's saying, you're getting to think you're too much, you know, as I was growing up and I was a teenager and you think you're the man and all that. And she was saying, you know, you think you're just too much of all that. And that's sometimes what teenagers do. And I remember uh, sometimes I would go and I start driving along and I'm driving a little bit too fast. And I remember times where I'd be young and I'm driving and all of it, in fact, even when I wasn't so young, I'm driving along and maybe I'm driving a little bit fast and something on the inside of me, the Lord 
the Holy Spirit, my own heart says, you need to slow down. But I think I'm okay. There's no one on the road. We can keep going. And what do I do? I just keep going. I, I keep, and all of a sudden, I mean, it, it, you know, it, it may, may be two or three times and I sense you just need to slow down. You need to slow down. And what happens? Boo, some lights and I get pulled over. When I get pulled over, what happens? Oh, I get humbled, right? I roll down the window. Yes, officer. Do you know why I pulled you over? Yes, officer. <laughs> Can I have your license and registration, please? It humbles you. And then what happens? As soon as the officer leaves, whether you get a ticket or whether you don't get a ticket, you feel humbled. And when you drive, you pull out safely, you put on your blinker, you have your seatbelt on, everything is right. But you get humbled. Sometimes those things humble you and make you think and make you understand that it's not all about you. You're, though you have a lot going on, life is more about uh, more than just you. So to humble you. Another thing he said, these times are to test you, to test you. And what specifically? To see what's inside of your heart. What is inside of your heart? What, how are you processing things? If you're worried, it may be because you're try, you, can't, you haven't figured it all out yet. And he's trying to test you. He's trying to see what's in your heart. See how you're processing. See how you're thinking through things. He's, he's, he's seeing how you're dealing with stuff. I remember hearing a pro football coach, and, uh, and, and, and they said, you let all of the, the guys, you know, they're, they're hired to play. They're in professional football, but then they're in off-season. And they're in off-season for two or three months or whatever they are. He said, how do you know, are they supposed to work out during off-season? He said, oh, well, yes, they're professional athletes. Well, how do you know? Do you keep them accountable? No, we don't keep them accountable. But there's one way to find out. How? Well, when we all come back together after those two or three months, I just make them go on a one mile as fast as they can, and I time them. And the ones who've been keeping up on their condition, you can tell. And the ones who are fatties and they haven't, you can tell as well. See, just that run... You can tell. Uh, there's a way of, of testing. When you go in to get a checkup, you know, you're supposed to get a checkup a couple times a year, but when you go in to get in a checkup, what do they do? They check your height. They check your weight. They check your blood pressure. You know, I always think it's funny because they check my weight and then they check my blood pressure and then they say, oh, your blood pressure is just a little bit high. And I say, that's because you just checked my weight. I mean, <laughs> I think your blood pressure gets a little high if you're going to check your weight. If you check my blood pressure first, maybe it'd be, and they always laugh about it. But the, the thing is, is uh, they check some vital signs and I thank God I always, you know, check out good, but they'll say uh, height, weight, blood pressure, pulse, temperature, and all the things. What are they doing? They're trying to make sure that everything is working in your body. They're testing you. You know, medical professionals, doctors, lawyers, professors, teachers, even though they get all their certifications and degrees and pass their tests, every couple of years, they still have to go through testing and certification. And they have to write things and publish things. Why? To make sure that they're up on it. To make sure that they're tested because when you're not tested, you get sloppy. When you're not tested, you, you begin to lag on things. And what happens when you begin to lag on things, it gets dangerous. And because you stop paying attention to the things that are really important. To God, long-term health is more important than emergency medicine. 
to us, long-term health is important. It's important for us to have long-term spiritual health. And let me tell you, during these times, don't overlook this season. Don't just try to rush through it. It's going to be over when it's going to be over. But what one thing God's doing is he, I believe he's humbling people. Two, he's testing you. He's testing you. Let him test you and pass the test. So he humbled you, he says in verse 3, and allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you didn't know, nor did your fathers know, that he may make you to know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I want you to notice what he did is he said he humbled you and he allowed you to hunger. I know Jesus said, give us today our daily bread, but there's times he allows you to hunger. And what did he do? He allowed you to hunger, but he fed you in a different way than you were used to. Maybe you're used to, well, I'm, anytime I need something, I just do this, 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 this. And he says, no, that's not the way you're going to get it this time. Or anytime you need it, I just call this person. No, neither did you know, nor did your fathers know. In other words, this test isn't something that your experience is going to get you through. This test isn't something that your father or your mentor or someone that you look up to is going to get you through. This test is to teach you something else. It's to teach you something else. And that's, that's point number three is this, that he may make you to know, that he may make you to know. So number one is that he humble you. Number two is that he test you. And number three is that he teach you, to teach you. Really, we should say to reteach you to reteach you, because we're already taught some things, but it's to reteach. Jesus said, you can't put old wine in new wineskins. So we need to be retaught some things in our lives. And what do we need to be retaught? We need to be retaught that man shall not live by bread alone, but that God's words will sustain you. We need to be retaught that when God speaks a word to you, that's enough. That's all you need. And if we don't know that, then these tests are going to teach us those things. And God will allow him those things to teach us those things. God has to teach us that there's a different way in the kingdom. So he has to see if you still have your old way in your heart. When you're going through these things, he's looking at you and seeing, how are you going to get through this one? Are you going to get through it the way you used to get through it before? Because if that's the way you're going to get through it, you didn't pass the test and you need to be retaught something. Uh, You can't survive in Canaan with an Egypt mentality. You can't survive in the next place God's calling you to thinking the same way you did back there. So God has to not only get you from Egypt, he has to get, he doesn't only need to get you out of Egypt, he needs to get Egypt out of you. He needs to get the Egypt mentality out of us. That's what he's saying. I humbled you, I tested you, but I want to reteach you to think different, to think that you need the words of God. That's the main thing that we need in our lives. We have to be stripped away of an Egypt Egypt mentality, of a bondage mentality, of a slavery mentality. Remember the guy who came up to Jesus, he was called the rich young ruler, and he, he did everything right. And he said, I did this, I did that, I did this. And Jesus said, one thing you lack, sell everything that you have, this guy was rich, and give it to the poor. See, Jesus didn't say, give it to me. 
there wasn't anything. He wasn't trying to get anything. He said, sell all that you have and give it to the poor. He said, and then you'll have riches in heaven. And the guy went away really sorrowful. What was he doing? He knew that for that guy, he had to strip himself of his old mentality. Because if he tried to bring the way he got his wealth and riches and all those things into the kingdom, it was going to end up hurting him and holding him back on things. And so he had to relearn the ways. The ways of the kingdom is a way of faith. The ways of the kingdom doesn't always make sense. And sometimes God wants to reteach you. I remember in studying in music, you know, I would study, I would learn piano or learn guitar. And I remember sometimes the teachers would say, just change on guitar, just change the way that you would do your hand position. Just adjust your wrist just a little bit or adjust your finger just a little bit. And it would feel wrong. And I'd say, that doesn't feel right. And they'd say, well, it, it is right. No, it doesn't feel right. No, but it is right. See, and, and then I remember, uh, I, I wouldn't adjust it. You know, at, at times I'd just kind of go with my old way. But I remember when I was playing organ and I was playing organ and piano and I was playing every day for a long time. And I began to develop some type of pain in my wrist. And I didn't know what it was. And I went to the doctor and they told me of something, you know, you may have heard of it, but some type of uh, joint things. And they said, well, you might have to do this and do that. And I prayed and asked the Lord about it. And what came back to me was the teacher told you, you needed to adjust your wrists this way. And it didn't feel right. So I went back and tried to and, and adjust my position. It felt so off. But when I adjusted it, I noticed I didn't have that tension anymore. It just left, it alleviated pain. See, sometimes, sometimes God's way doesn't always feel right. Because you're so used to your own way. You're so used to your old wineskins. But God has to reteach you something. And I promise, if he's telling you to do it that way, that's the right way to do it. It's going to be a better way. But I want to go to point number four. And let me just uh, uh, come through these last few verses here. There's a lot to read, but I'm just going to touch on a few of them. Number 11, Verse 11 says, Beware that you do not forget. Remember, you, you shall remember. Verse 12 says, when you've eaten and you're full and you've built beautiful houses and you dwell in them and when your herds and your flocks multiply and your gold is multiplied and when all that you have is multiplied, in other words, he's saying you're going to get blessing and you're going to get all these things. He says, when your heart is lifted up, he says, and you forget the Lord. What is he saying? Remember, again, this is an underlying statement. One thing God wants us to do is to remember Keep in mind something he's trying to tell us. Remember, he says that the Lord your God, he's the one who led you out of Egypt. Verse 15 says, he led you through the great and terrible wilderness with fiery serpents and scorpions and a thirsty land. Verse 16 says, he fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and that he might test you. He says it again, to do you good in the end. And I want to tell you this today. Listen, this is so exciting. The ending is good. Right now, it may be horrible. It might not feel good. But the ending to all of this is good. The end of the test, the end of the book, the end of the trial, the end of, the, of, of whatever it is that you're facing and you feel like it's forever, it's good. He said, I want to do you good in the end. I want to do you good in the end. That's God's heart. Even Job, who we say, but what about Job? In the end, he got double. God wants to do good in the end. He, he, you're, he's bringing you through things. And that's num this last point, number four. It's this, to bless you. 
to bless you. He wants to humble you. He wants to test you. He wants to teach you or reteach you. But number four, the point of all this stuff, why does he lead you through the wilderness? Ultimately, in the end, he wants to bless you. He wants to bless you, but you don't get blessed without the test. You don't get blessed without learning all those things. He says in verse 17 and 18, 19, I know you you love these verses. He says, then you say in your heart, my power and my hand have gained me this wealth. He says, but you shall remember, remember again, you shall remember that it's the Lord who gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as is this day, that it shall be that you don't forget the Lord your God and follow other gods. Again, remember, and serve them and worship them. And he goes on and says in verse 20, as the nations which the Lord destroys before you, so you shall perish because you would not be obedient to the voice of the Lord your God. Ultimately, what does God want to teach us through all this? If you boil it down to one thing, it's this, you and I need the voice of the Lord. You and I need to hear what God is saying to us. You and I need to keep in mind that the most important thing is not what everyone else says. The most important thing is to know in our heart what God is saying to us. And if we can know that, we pass the test. If we can know that, then in a sense, we qualify to be at the end to be humbled, to be taught, to be tested, to be blessed in our lives. It is he who has the power. uh, He's the one who gives us the power to get wealth, not you, not me. It takes humility, though, to receive the blessing of God on our lives. I know that sometimes people have a hard time even receiving from other people. You come up and you say, hey, can I bless you? No, 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 no. It's sort of like I can earn it. I'm self-sufficient. Can I tell you, God wants to do something in our lives that you couldn't do for yourself. God wants to, you say, I can do anything for myself. That's why he said, go sell all that you have and give to the poor because he doesn't want you to feel that way. It's so hard for a rich man, so hard for a talented man, so hard for a wealthy man, so hard for a self-sufficient, independent person to receive from the kingdom of God. Why? Because the kingdom of God makes you understand at the end of the day, that it's God who everything good comes from. It's not you and me. And he, that's what he wants to do in our lives. He loves us. Can I tell you, this particular time, don't despise it. Don't rush it. It's going to come to an end. But let him humble you. Let him test you. Let him teach you some things. And let the Lord bless you. In your life, he has something very, very special lined up for you. Not blessings, but the blessing. It's not the blessings come, but it's the blessing of God, the hand of the Lord, the covering of the Lord, the protection of the Lord. I know when God's on me and I know when God's not on me. And I'll tell you, God's hand on me is the greatest thing. God's hand on your life, God's covering on your life is the greatest thing that you could ever have because when his blessing is there it's like it lines you up to receive it lines you up to be under the covering of almighty god and that's what we all want to be would you do this would you bow your heads right where you are just don't leave we just have a, a
couple more minutes, a few more minutes right now, would you just bow your heads right where you are? And I want to pray for you. You shall remember the Lord your God. It's all the Lord. Lord, we remember you today. God, and you said that you wanted to humble, you wanted to test, you wanted to teach, and you wanted to bless. And Father, I pray for every single person right now that's listening to this. I pray that whatever state, Lord, that they're in, we know that the purpose is that you would do good to them in the end. And so, Father, I pray today. I believe that there's some who are watching today who are going through, I mean, the hardest time, and they don't know how to process it. And maybe this is the answer to what it is. Something that was said here in your word is the answer. And they say, God, instead of resisting all this, I'm going to embrace it and open my heart to hear the voice of the Lord and to catch what God is saying. I embrace it. So, Lord, I humble myself. Just say it with me. God, I humble myself. God, search my heart. Test me. God, teach me, I pray. Just pray that with me. Teach me, God. Anything I need to be taught, teach me, I pray. And God, bless me. Would you pray that confidently right now? Say, bless me, God. God, open the windows of heaven. Teach me. Give me in your will, but bless me, I pray. I know that you don't despise that. I know that you're not against that, God. You love to. That's why you came, that we may have life and have it to the full. And God, I pray right now. In fact, if everyone could keep your eyes closed for a minute, if you don't know Jesus, if you've never made him the Lord of your life, you may believe in him. You may be around Christians. You may, you may be to church, but you've never out of your mouth aligned your mouth and your heart together. And you've never said, Jesus, I make you my Lord. I want to pray for you right now. Would you do this? In fact, all of us right now. Could we just say this? Jesus, I open my heart to you. Jesus, I believe that you died for my sins. Jesus, I believe that you rose again on the third day. And I believe that you came for my salvation. So I give my life to you today. I give my heart to you today. And I thank you for eternal life. In Jesus' name. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show. That way the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. God bless you, and I'll see you next time on the Memphis Tabernacle Podcast. Thank you.